Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe joining you on Wednesday night, a little after 9 o'clock. Dallas Mavericks played another early game, their last early game of the season, uh, as they defeat the Detroit Pistons on the road for their 50th win, 131-113. to How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, er, can't really do much better than early start time and blowout win. So mm. that about checks both of our boxes in terms of having a very happy postgame podcast, I think. It uh, looked like a little bit of a trap game because yeah. the Pistons have been kind of cooking with gas lately. They got nothing to play for, but they had won three in a row and a couple of them pretty convincing games. And the Mavs looked a little goofy early on, a little sloppy. Luca took 12 shots in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, there's some turnovers, there's some weirdness, and then the Mavericks were up seven, and then in the third quarter, it looked like they just absolutely ran Detroit off the floor. Yeah, uh, this might be their best offensive performance of the season, just in terms of pure shooting. Um, I know they probably had games where they made scored more points, made more threes, but I mean, they were 15 of 33 from three, and they mm. were 45 of 80, 56% from the floor overall. Like, they hit 15 threes and scored 54 points in the paint and got to the free throw line 34 times where they were 26 of 34. Like, it was – I mean, they did everything. I mean, they were they were driving. They were getting to the rim. They were kicking out the shooters, and the shooters were hitting shots. They were getting fouled going to the free throw line. They made their free throws. Like – uh, it was offensively one of the more dominant performances. I mean, they scored at least 32 points in every single quarter tonight. And so like, like not like, you know, they've probably had bigger scoring outputs total, but just consistently from opening tip to yeah. final buzzer. I mean, th- they just never let off the gas. Well, and if you back out Luca's hilariously bad three point shooting, yep. they were 13 of 22 yep. from three, which yep. I made sure to point that out in the recap. That's kind that of that's the game. is something <laughs> else. Like these guys were thirteen. Oh man, I mean, just some really, really nice, per, really nice performance. Yeah. And and I think I, where I'm really pleased with the performance is like the Wizards game was just a tired letdown. And I, you know, if they stick in the four seed, okay, let's say Golden State wins out, Mavericks went out. If they stick in the four seed, I'm gonna be okay with this because I feel like. They've really played out the best they could. They like they've just they've played really well in 2022. And yeah. are there a few things they left on the board? Sure, but overall they've just these kind of clothes. I mean, being 20 games over 500 is preposterous. Like I, I apparently picked for for the SB Nation um, season preview. I predicted the Mavs would be would win 53 games. Like that was the thing I said, 53 games. I do not remember writing this, but it is on the internet, so therefore it must be true. Um I, I this is just great. It's it's great to be winning these games that I that that last year at this point in time we came into every single game going, "Oh boy. Are they going to be able to beat the under 500 team?" Yeah, I mean, this was, yeah, and it wasn't even in doubt. Uh, it was really fun to watch. Uh, Luca had 14 assists. Um, and like you said, the, the what, 13 of 22 role players. Uh, F- Finney Smith, Bullock, Bertans, and Josh Green combined, just those guys went 11 of 18 
from three. Nice. Um, so it was really fun. I mean, it was like Luca was on it with his passes. I mean, you're if you want to find the highlights, just go into Twitter, Woo! go to Bobby Corrales' feed, go to the Mavs' feed. You know, you'll find them. I'm sure uh, uh, Panda Hank, our, our own staffer, will put together a nice video later this evening. I mean, he was doing behind the back. He was doing the LeBron cross court from strong side to weak side. He was doing no look. I mean, it was. I mean, it was just two K glitches. Yeah, yeah, it was great and credit. You know. This is like if the role play, like, and the thing that we say all the time is <clears throat> Luca kind of does this regularly. And like if the role players consistently hit their shots, these types of performances don't have to feel like outliers. Uh, and it hasn't felt like outliers, I don't think, in the last two weeks or so. Um, so, I mean, holy crap, you look at, I mean, the Mavericks, I'm looking at their schedule since the win in March 16th in Brooklyn. Every single win they've had since that game has been 110 points or more. Um, in five out of their last six games, they're at least 114 points or more. Uh, they're they're cooking on the offensive end. I mean, they're they're in quite a groove. Bullock's making shots. Finney Smith's making shots. Powell's been elite as a rim runner, and they didn't really need him that much tonight but this is a game that shows like you know how much he can open things up without touching the ball and, or, and scoring so i mean it was cra- i mean it's hard to complain offensively like and then the guys that weren't hitting threes you know brunson and dinwiddie didn't hit threes but you know they were great uh inside the arc and and brunson had 24 on 15 shots and dinwiddie had 13 on 10 shots uh, and dinwiddie could have even more he missed a couple of easy layups in the second half but I was just I was thoroughly impressed on the offensive end. I, I there's like it was a it's basically a flawless game offensively uh for the Mavericks. Well it's it's pretty funny to me. So frenemy of the pod, Matt Moore, HP basketball for those of you on Twitter, <laughs> has has basically conceded the fact that he has he now feels about these Mavericks the way he felt about the Toronto Raptors that that made the final that won the finals, where their shooting variants was preposterous like fred van vliet became an ungodly good shooter for like for you know 16 wins and it's it's you just need those kind of things to happen and the mavericks path to i'll say the western conference finals uh particularly if they're the three seed is purely through this kind of performance and you know i'm 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 not saying that it's it's impossible because it's these guys really can do this stuff where they have to tinker and figure out some things is where they have a couple of lineups that just don't work. Uh, Matthew Phillips wrote about one today and he went and looked at it. It's basically, it's like the three man group of Dinwiddie, Luca and um, Josh green of all people. And it's the lineup that they run out there at the end of first quarters. And I didn't even notice it until Josh started to, or until uh, Matthew started writing about it. And it's like, oh man, like they keep losing these, these minutes, not by a ton, but like four to four to six points in today's case, eight points. And, and, you know, as they head towards the playoffs, they're going to have to kind of, they're going to tighten all this stuff up because most of these guys will end up playing more. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see like what the actual playoff rotation is going to be. I think some people are going to be in for a surprise with who does and doesn't get to play, but you know, that that's, you know, the benefit of, of and the Mavs have gotten really lucky health-wise. I think we have to say that out loud, um, yeah. knock on some wood. But they, they've they've gotten through all this in, in a way that, that should leave everybody feeling really positive 
regardless of who they play in the first round. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, it basically they've done about everything they could do this regular season with the roster present, you know, that with the roster at hand, like, I don't mm-hmm. think you could ask for anything more uh, except for maybe, you know, Luca to be a little bit more with it at the start of the season. Like that, that's about it. Otherwise, I mean, they've kind of milked this roster, I think for all they can, which is a, a really group, you know, that's a good accomplishment. I mean, you they've maximized this roster and they're winning, you know, they're going to get 50, they've got 50 wins. They're going to get a little more. And that's about all you could say. And you just hope that the, you know, the thing that's, uh, I could write a column on this. I feel like that the thing that kind of sucks about the NBA is that regular season basketball and playoff basketball are basically two different sports at this point. And I want to say, this is awesome. And the team's going to just roll right through the playoffs and these guys are going to keep making threes and, and all that. But as we've seen, the last two seasons, because I think they've ended both of the last two seasons on on decent decent enough runs. Last season, they definitely ended ended the year on a good run. Also, then the playoffs come around, and it's just a different story. So, uh, I'm not trying to be doom and gloomy. I'm just saying, like you know, there's only so much we can predict and take from this. Uh, but the thing is, is you'd rather them be playing well than not than not yep. playing well. And this is about as best. This is about as much as much as we can ask for, and it's awesome to see. And we just hope, just hope it continues into the postseason because yeah, that's the this is the blueprint, right? Like it is. Luca could have fourteen or fifteen assists every game with the way he plays. Like, and so if the guys just keep hitting open shots that he creates, they're not. I mean, they're definitely not going to lose a first round series if guys make shots like this. Well, and and the thing that I'm interested in is so there's been a lot of talk about. You know, Ryan Ryan Rosillo, the ringer, talks about this. And then I think there are a fair number of Mavs fans that feel this way that, like, the Maverick, they, they think the Mavericks can't play heliocentric ball with Luka because it doesn't work and hasn't worked in the past. I would say the intentionality of who is running the heliocentric offense has to matter. James Harden is a magnificent, or when he was at his peak, he was a magnificent scorer and passer. But no one will convince me his first desire is to pass. No one. He was amazing at it, but that doesn't mean it was his intention. He did it out of necessity. Luca looks for weird ways to pass. Yeah, he, it's his thing. Tim Tim Cato, you know our our former colleague, wrote a really good piece, and I, I talked about it this morning in 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 um, Moneyball Minute. I'm gonna talk about it again. Where he he talks about Luca's penchants for solving problems and. The Mavericks have made a season out of figuring out how to solve problems. And that's one reason why they're 20 games above 500. So I'm really looking forward to that element of this. And I think it's sort of underrated where people think that, you know, the Mavericks just run this offense where Luke has the ball all the time. No, no, no. It's not, it's just not that simple. Like they, they do, he does have the ball a lot. Not, not denying that, but they have been working on situational stuff all year. Where Luca does not bring, you know, he ends up with the ball, but it's not him just dribbling the piss out of it as much as it feels like. There's really, I think if if the matchups break the, you know, I feel confident about Denver or or Utah to be quite honest with you, but I think that Luca's at the point to where he could break either either any defense that either of those two teams throw at him. I know that people have higher goals than that, but for for me, my my goal has been the whole year. My goal as a Mavs fan, I just want to see them make it a second round. Everything else is gravy. Yeah, I mean, 
He broke Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in two straight playoff seasons. Yes. Like, like I mean, I am not concerned about the Denver defense or the Utah defense in terms of, like, can he solve it? Like, he's already solved two of the greatest wing defenders of, of this generation. And back to, like, the reason the Mavericks lost those series was not, almost nothing to do with Luka and more to do with what the supporting cast was doing around him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's so encouraging to see these performances, uh, in the second half of the season, because, Hey, Luca can go two of 11 from three and look a little mortal and 26 points on 21 shots is mortal for Luca, but they can win by 20 because all the guys are making all the looks that they're making. And the point about the heliocentric offense stuff is weird in terms of it being like a criticism. And like, I get it. Like in a perfect world, you don't necessarily want one guy having to do everything, but like, LeBron's won four titles, and I know he's has, he's lost more finals than he's. Well, wait, how many has he won? Four or five? They, he, he, he brought the he, Warrior. Um, he okay. brought the the Cavs back down from three one by slowing the game way down and controlling yeah. every single possession. And and like Luca profiles as like a LeBron more LeBroni than than Harden. Uh, so uh, I know we're, we're picking nits here, but I mean that's what I'm like. Wait, it won't work. I mean. It's I get for LeBron no, but, for multiple titles. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I get the I get the the um trepidation because we've seen right. we've seen these guys falter in the playoffs, meaning the non-Luca players. And if there's a year that they're gonna break that, it's gonna be this year because frankly, Dorian Finney Smith is playing like a different dude. Reggie Bullock is a is a much he he has become the player we had hoped. Right. And he's and, He's the guy they haven't had the last two years because what it was it was Justin Jackson in 2020 it was Josh Richardson in in 20 uh, 21 like it, he's he's the guy that they've just they've never had another three and D wing to to put next to Finney Smith like Bullock these last two years he's yeah. different we're and we're, no no it's it that's exactly my point because there's there's Brunson who was a non-factor last year and it he was a non-factor because the the Clippers were the team to blank him despite you know protestations Brunson has a problem with length but either team they play in the first round this year I don't think are, are gonna phase him and then there's the x-factor in Spencer Dinwiddie who right. when he plays well the Mavericks win right and when you think about the last two playoffs, like what have they been missing? They've been missing depth on the wing because it felt like Finney Smith on an Island as the only capable wing. Okay. Well now they got Bullock who's playing really well right now and is living up to what we thought he could be. And then the second part was, man, they just don't have anyone else besides Luca that can dribble and pass uh, because they tried DeLon Wright in 2020. It didn't work. And they tried Josh Richardson who they thought could be that secondary guy in uh, 2021. That didn't work. And Dinwiddie who's, like he's working, like he's doing exactly that. And then you have, you know, potential improvements from Brunson. We'll see what he does in this playoff series, but he should have a significantly better series. So like they've kind of, you know, checked off the two boxes from what they've been missing in the last two playoff losses. So uh, we'll see if that's enough. And I the think it is there. Yes, it is. Boy, it this has turned into a playoff preview. That's okay. Right? Well, I mean, we got to talk about something. And yeah, we're playing Portland on, Fri- on Friday yeah. to where I was high-key expecting Luca to get a tech just so he can miss this game. Right. And instead, I think he's probably going to end up missing it maybe just for rest because the Trailblazers, for those of y'all like, woo, buddy, the Trailblazers, they're, they're net re- <laughs> They get beat like they stole something almost every night. It is 
vicious because they they just tanking. I mean, it, it's unreal. I mean, let's. I'm just gonna go look at their last couple of games. Okay, yeah, they've they've won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've lost eight in a row, and they've lost twelve of their last thirteen, and something like. They've only won two times since All-Star break. <laughs> wow. So uh, we're going to be seeing some uh, 2K creative players on Friday. or on, on, on Friday, And they're coming in off the second night of a back-to-back, too. Uh, Kirk, uh, in their last two weeks, according to Cleaning the Glass, they have a negative 17.6 net rating. That's hard. That's <laughs> hard. To do that over two weeks, that's two weeks. hard. Yeah, 105 offensive rating, 123.3 defensive rating in the last two Amazing. Weeks. Amazing. Well, we'll be back to talk about that somehow. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk, you don't know, maybe we'll do a TV review. I, the only Halo. thing um, that Let's I want to say the before, Halo series. Sure. <laughs> the only thing I wanted to talk about before we left, because I, you, you, I, I think you missed it, because like a lot of it happened in the third quarter. I know you had a busy night. Uh, but what was really the – the most entertaining part of the game outside of like the Mavericks just on cruise control offensively was uh, Luca versus Cade in the third quarter got real feisty uh, in some parts of the fourth. And there were a couple possessions uh, in the, in the second half where it was just clear out Luca versus Cade one-on-one. And, you know, to be honest, Cade kind of got the better of him a couple times. Luke Cade's four- a, Cade yeah. is a dog. Uh, yeah. He had like four, Luca had four turnovers. In the third quarter, and Cade had you know two steals, and, and mm-hmm. I, I got to say a couple of those were against Luca. And I mean, it was, I you know, like I'm not trying to. This isn't like a criticism. I'm just saying it was just fun. Like, it, like oh. you rarely do you see best player versus best player, you know, because the way the NBA is now, you try to hide your stars against the good. You know, you don't want your your best player picking up fouls. So like, it was just really fun to see like the two most talented players going at each other one on one. The stories I've heard about Cade from people who cover uh who cover like like the the you know the the team USA basketball and stuff like that mm-hmm. he is a sociopath like competitive <laughs> competitive lunatic in all the ways you want but he also likes to defer like i luca has a certain je ne sais quoi like there's something about luca that and it's one he's tall two he's extra strong but like kate is not small kate is a great shooter and the thing about Kate is he's a really good defender, like you met, like you just mentioned. So it's like I'll put it to you like this: we've seen some superstars come, in, potential superstars come into the league the last few years. You know, Ja Morant and uh, like Zion Williamson, all within our damn division. I'm real glad we don't see that guy four <laughs> times a year. Oh my god, yeah, me too. I know he's kind of flown under the radar because he was hurt and yeah. played and a the COVID season extra bad. Yeah, so but he's. Man, Luca versus Cade could be one of those things where in like a year gonna or be. two, it's going to be like those are those are going to be national TV games every year. Like it, it was really it was really cool. Yeah, I love you. Love I that it. you brought that up. I, I, yeah. All right, well, this has been fun. We always talk more than we meant to, but people like it. So we'll be back on Friday. Thanks so much for hanging out with uh, with us, and uh, we will talk to you in a couple of days.